Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Free Kick, the Fantasy W podcast. Today, we are talking about the Geelong Cats. I'm your host, Jono, and joining me today is my co-host, Will. Yeah, everyone. All right, mate. The Cats are another of your favorite teams. Are you up and about today? Oh, I'm so up and about. I've been a lifelong Geelong supporter, so it's been an absolute pleasure to watch the Cats in the AFLW. I feel like uh, it, was a, it was a slow couple starts to the seasons, but... Last season, you know, you could see a little bit of improvement and there's a bit of hope coming into season seven for you. Yeah, absolutely. They've been building on a core of local talent. So hopefully that talent just continues to prosper for the Cats. Do you want to give us a little bit of an overview of the Cats' time in the AFLW? Yeah, absolutely. So the John Cats were one of the first teams to be expanded into the competition, playing their first season in 2019, so season three. And they managed four wins in that first season to play finals, thanks to the much maligned conference system that was in place at the time. Uh, the team has struggled since that inaugural season. However, being near the bottom of the ladder has meant that they've been able to build their local talent. So with a young team continuing to develop, hopefully we'll see them improve in the coming seasons. They're coached by Daniel Lothar, who took over from inaugural coach Paul Hood for the season six that started this year. And the club is also captained by Meg McDonald, who has led by example down back, all Australian defender, and they're also vice-captain for the Cats is young leader Nina Morrison. Yeah, they've got a lot of good leaders there. And I think Nina Morrison is uh, one of your favourites. Isn't she the number that you wear on the back of your Guernsey? That, that is correct. My Geelong jumper does have a number nine on the back for Nina Morrison. And I can say that I got her to sign right in the middle of that nine. Very happy with that. <laughs> no, I love it. And we are lucky enough that earlier this week we had a chance to catch up with Nina Morrison and have a chat about how the Geelong Cats are going to go in Season 7. So let's just jump straight into that, shall we? Welcome to the podcast, Nana. It's great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to it. Now, Nana, you've had one heck of a roller coaster career at the Geelong Cats. You were taken at pick one in the 2018 draft, and in your very first game against the Pies, you kicked the winning behind to help Geelong nab their very first win. A huge high to start your career on. But then as the you know, next couple games and weeks rolled on, you ended up copying not just one ACL injury, but then uh, another a couple of years later, just to really uh, keep you on the sidelines for a while. Last season, you managed to get on the park for quite an extended run. How does it feel to be back out there again and playing great footy? Yeah, that's it. It was awesome to get, to get back out this year. I think after a few interrupted seasons, it was nice to, to get through one in its entirety. And um, I, mean, I ended up missing... A couple of games, one through COVID and a, a little calf issue, but for the most part, it was it was smooth sailing, which is something new for me in the AFLW. So yeah, I was just so stoked to get through. To be honest, it was kind of a mix of sort of relief and elation that last game when I had, had sort of made it through the entirety of the season and could go into an off season um, not in rehab was a nice change up. So yeah, obviously there was a lot to take out of from it and a, a lot to build on. But both personally and as a group, but I think we made some real strides forward last season. So looking forward to being able to build on that in um, the second edition of t- season 2022. Yeah, you're back in pre-season now for another season so soon after the last one. Does it does it feel like it was a break or does it feel like it's a continuation of last season? For you, it's probably a good thing given you're getting that momentum going into the season. Yeah, that's it. I was, um, I'm pretty keen to get sort of stuck straight back in and was pretty excited when they sort of announced that it would be 
that August start date and we could get more games of footy this year. But yeah, it didn't feel like much of a break, to be honest. I think I had a couple of weeks off where I didn't do much at all. And then it was pretty much straight back into that sort of pre-season training and then rolling straight into the pre-season now. And it's only really a few weeks before you get kick-started again. So it's all rolled around very quickly and, and no doubt the season itself will go pretty quickly as well. Last pre-season, I know you were navigating a lot of changes at the club. You had the new coach, Daniel Alpha, come in and a lot of players kind of jumping into new, new roles. Is it more settled this time if you've kind of come straight off the back of one season? Player roles are a bit more settled, really embed that uh, structure in for the season ahead? Yeah, for sure. I think that last year, we, as you, as you sort of mentioned, we had a lot of change both within the playing group as well as the coaching staff, the, the support staff that sort of surround that. So there was a lot of change within the program. And I think that, you know, a lot of it was sort of necessary and taken really well by the playing group and sort of led to some, some positive results throughout the season. But for sure, I think that to have that continuity this season has been really good. Again, we've had a fair sort of turnover of the list with eight new players coming in. But um, I think that's another super exciting sort of part of where we're at as a group and to have that much turnover within the team, but still have kept a really strong core through expansion of the of players that have been there since the very starters. Um, but then our, and then our list is looking really strong and we've got sort of really balanced list profile now. So I think to have, you know, just another year where we've been sort of together and, and to continue to add layers, that is now really exciting. And just speaking of that strong core, one of the real focuses of Geelong's list building was to to target local talent. And you yourself grew up as a big Geelong fan and there's a lot of other Geelong girls down there. I'm a Geelong fan myself, so I'm very thrilled that they're all down there. Has being part of that young Geelong playing group really helped the group settle? Yeah, I think for sure. I think I really love the the group of girls that we've got at the team. And I think that that has sort of really helped to establish sort of who we are as, as a club. And I think that to have that core and people that have been there from the beginning and, and have a real sense that we're building something together is super exciting. And to do that with a young group of like-minded people who are similar ages and similar interests and, and we all get along really well off field is quite an exciting thing as well, because you do feel like that you're building something really special with people that mean a lot to you. So I think that that has been awesome. And then, as I said, to then add layers to that and add experienced players from other clubs and, and, so, and draft some new players in from Melbourne areas over the last couple of years, then just adds the necessary layers to that for us to keep developing. But yeah, obviously that, that Geelong focus was a big part of that initial list build and, and to maintain a lot of that core has been super exciting. One of the things we have talked a bit about is that talented young core. And in particular, Geelong's got a lot of really good young midfielders, such as yourself and, and Amy McDonald, but also Georgie Prosparkas last year, Becky Webster, uh, new recruit Mikhail Bowen from West Coast. With that many really good young midfielders, do some of these players sort of um, need to focus on on separate roles or are you all sort of running through that midfield? How's that midfield mix looking? Yeah, I think it'll be it'll end up being pretty similar um, to last year with the likes of um, AMAC and, and Becky in the middle. And then as you touched on getting um, Michaela across from WA, she'll probably, like myself, play a bit of a dual role between inside and outside mid, which I think will, will be really awesome for us, obviously. Uh, over the expansion period, we lost Soph to Essendon and she was a really crucial kind of outside runner for us. So to have Michaela come in and, and be able to slot into that role will, will work pretty well. And then I think that something that's really been promoted over the course of the preseason, especially, is that ability to play different roles so that it's not necessarily just a straight swap between midfield and bench that you can kind of roll through different spots. So I know 
Becky and, and Prez have been training a little bit through that high forward role as well. So just having sort of flexibility to be able to play in different positions, as you said, like obviously you can only have three in the middle at once. So with such a range of players that can play through there, it's really exciting for us, but also having that flexibility that we can sort of roll those people through different spots as well. Speaking of those different roles, we saw you playing a bit off uh, half forward, doing your best Dermot Brereton impressions, taking the, the big marks. Uh, is that something that might continue in this upcoming season? Yeah, I think it's it's probably similar for me that I'd sort of mainly play that inside, outside, mid and, and rotate between the wing and, and on ball and then, yeah, potentially play a little bit sort of that half forward as well. But yeah, it's sort of trying to keep on adding layers, adding layers to my game and, and different spots that I can play. I'm probably most comfortable and played most of my footy through the middle, but it's always nice to see if you can get up forward and, and sneak a few goals in. So that might be um, one of the goals for the season. Very good. One of the others up there is, uh, is Chloe Shear, one of the most skillful players in the comp. Uh, how's it playing alongside her? Yeah, she yeah, she's amazing. The um, her, her skills and body work and, and strength around the contest has been a massive addition to our team. And I think that some of her kicking and, and delivery inside 50 as well, if she's the one sort of launching it in, is, is pretty unreal. So I think that, yeah, she adds so much to our team and, and her ability to, to convert and kick goals. And obviously that's a big focus for us to, to continue to develop our attacking methods. So, yeah, she, she's a super performer within our team. Yeah, it's quite interesting with Chloe here because she spent a lot of time in this offseason playing through the midfield in the VFLW. Is that something that we can expect to see a bit translating into the AFLW or is her importance as a goal kicker probably where she'll stay for the most part? Yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting mix because she I think she played a couple of minutes throughout the mids in, in the back end of this season and as you touched on, played a lot of footy through the midfield at a VFL level. So I think that that, if you asked her, is probably her preferred position to be able to play through the middle of the ground and I think you know, the, the more that she works on a fitness base and, and developing that endurance and being able to play through the midfield is certainly a goal. And I think that she adds just another layer of a, of a really bigger body in there, which can help to throw weight around a little bit more. And yeah, to see her bursting out of a stoppage. And as I mentioned, her kicking is is incredible and she's probably one of the best boys in the team. So the more that we can get her hands around the footy and, and get it running through the midfield is probably a good thing. Yeah, she's got an absolutely powerful boot on her. Just speaking of the VFLW, one player who I'm interested to hear a bit more about is Laura Gardner, who averaged like over 35 disposals or something in the in the VFLW, massive numbers. Is she a player who could come in and, and translate that to AFLW success? Yeah, for sure. Loz has um, pulled out some incredible numbers, always has in the VFLW, but particularly this year, I think she broke the disposal record three yeah. times or something this season. So game. yeah, it's, um, it's a massive number. So I think that those games through the VFL have been really positive for her and, and just to develop another layer of confidence and, and getting her hands on the footy. I think that she'll certainly come into our senior team more often this coming season and, and play her role really well. She works super hard on the track and she gets her hands on the footy so much because of her work rate around the ball and her ability to win it. So I think that'll hold her in good stead and, and hopefully she gets more games under her belt and can, and can bring that form from VFLW. You mentioned before that trying to convert and kick a few more goals is going to be a big focus. And one thing we've seen in the offseason is the unfortunate loss of Phoebe McWilliams heading off to Carlton. What do you think your new avenues to goal are going to be this season? Yeah, it's a bit of a, probably a bit of a different look this year in the forward line. We've got, um, obviously, obviously Phoebe has gone to Carlton and we've got a few new players in. So the likes of Jackie Parry and, and Shelley Scott coming across from Melbourne will, I think, add a lot of leadership to our forward line and also those different avenues to goal as well. 
Georgia Clark's been training super hard at the moment and really pushing for her sort of spot in the side. And you can see that development and confidence that she's sort of gaining through through training at the moment. And I think we've got sort of a lot of sort of smaller dynamic forwards that can roll through there as well. Some of those skills we mentioned earlier that can play that midfield or high forward position. And Darcy Maloney is probably another one that we haven't mentioned yet who can probably got the best sort of goal sense in our team and and, and loves to hear goals. So I think that having players like that down there that bring a real sense of energy and urgency as well will hopefully lead to a few more avenues as well. Yeah, Darcy Maloney kicking the the winning goal against West Coast was probably my highlight of the footballing year so far. So yeah, probably me too. (laughs) Fantastic to see. I suppose another good news story in in that forward line is Mia Skinner drafted in 2019, suffered a pretty bad leg injury, delisted without playing a game got herself back into the the side through the draft this year after a really strong form in the, the VFLW side. Is she someone who might come into contention to, to kick those goals up forward? Yeah, absolutely. And as you touched on, it's it's such a rewarding story for, for me. She, yeah, as, as you mentioned, had a really tough run when she was initially drafted. She had multiple stress fractures in her legs. So a pretty brutal injury and one that sort of kept her out of the game and of training for a little while. And so to have the sort of perseverance to really stick at it once she was delisted and shows a real strength of character to, to make her way back through the VFL like she has. And I think that sort of confidence that that'll give her will hold her in really good stead and hopefully that she can um, make her way into the side as well because pretty similar to Chloe, she's got a, she's got a booming kick and, and can find the goals quite well. So, um, yeah, I'm confident that, that if she came into the side, then she would be able to impact the scoreboard really well as well. Switching up, I suppose, to the fence side of things, Geelong actually conceded the least points of any team outside of the top six finals teams last year. How does that defence, I suppose, give you confidence that the team's building in the right direction? Yeah, for sure. I think that the, the defence group has always probably been one of our stronger lines and to have the stability and core down there that we do, obviously it's showing in those sort of stats that we're not getting scored against too heavily. So, I mean, to have the likes of our captain Meg down there and Maddie who made the All-Australian squad this year. Yeah, there's some really sort of solid, reliable defenders down there, but also some ones that are really developing their game and coming through the ranks as well. And to have that sense of leadership to support them through that growth is is obviously really important as well. Another player who I just want to highlight, because she was a favourite of ours to watch last year and uh, was in our fantasy teams almost the entire season, was, was Rachel Kearns. We talked about Amy McDonald going hard at the ball, but gee, Rachel Kearns went in absolutely crazy every single time. It was fantastic to watch. What's it been like playing alongside her? Uh, Rach is awesome. She's definitely one of my favourite players to play with. And I think that coming from a non-contact sport in, in Gaelic, you would assume that tackling would be something that she'd sort of need to pick up along the way. But as you touched on, the way that she attacks the footy and her speed at the contest is quite unbelievable. So... Yeah, she, she's an exciting player, that's for sure. And I think that the more she sort of develops her skills and her understanding of the game, she's only going to get better. But yeah, she's, she's certainly one to watch and, and one that brings another sort of spark to our team because that sort of intensity and grit that she displays is something that we really value our um, standards on. Last year, you had a you know, young recruit, Olivia Fuller, kind of taking the lead in the ruck. But we also saw, you know, new mum, Kate Darby, come back into the scene and play a bit of a starring role there. Is that likely to continue this season? Yeah, I'd say it would likely be a sort of similar setup. We've also drafted across Sammy Goodwin, who is another other sport rookie who will play a bit of ruck time for us. Unfortunately, she's been 
injured at the moment, so I spent a fair bit of preseason in rehab so far, but we're hoping to develop her to sort of help give a bit of a chop out to live, I guess, in the ruck and have a bit of a partnership there. But especially earlier in the season while Sammy still gets going and, and can um, sort of attack training a bit harder, then, yeah, I'd say that that combination between her and Darbs would, would likely to continue. I think worked pretty well last year. Just lastly, on a, a bit more of a personal note, you get a lot of attention for your mullet, which uh, we all love, but you've had it for a couple of years now and there's a really important message behind it. Could you tell us a bit about how that started? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I got the mullet probably about a year ago now, I think, and initially myself and, and one of my teammates at the time, Millie Brown, had sort of entered in the, in the fundraiser um, Mullets for Mental Health, which is run through the Black Dog Institute and I guess just helps to to raise awareness and, and put the message out there about mental health and uh, Black Dog do a really great job at raising education and, and awareness programs and funding into mental health research. So I guess that it's just small things that can continue to elevate that platform and, and um, let people know that it's okay to, to speak out and make it uh, sort of aware if they've got any issues, then there's always people that will look out for them and places that you can go. So I think it was just, yeah, another sort of, platform to help elevate that and, and obviously it's continued the mullet that is um, far beyond that point but I think that um, yeah we're back into or almost back around to the mullets and mental health month again which runs through September so hopefully more people can can jump on board that cause as well. Yeah it's a, it's a fantastic cause and we love that you're doing it and it, it definitely catches the eye on the footy field so hopefully we're bringing a bit of attention to the cause. For sure for sure. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Really appreciate being able to chat through the season ahead and all, all different player movements. Before we wrap this up, though, one thing which we'd, we'd love to hear from you, is there any player at the Geelong Cats that we should be keeping an eye on for this season ahead? Well, I reckon we've, we've reeled through a few in there, so there's a, there's a few of those to take away. But I would say probably one that we haven't touched on and one who I think is a, is a really key contributor to our group is Chantelle Emerson. She... We recruited her from Melbourne from last year and she just adds another level of leadership and um, reliability to our team. She can float through a few different positions. So played a bit across half back through the wing and into the midfield last season, I'd say would be would be similar this year. But yeah, I know that she's a player that I really enjoy playing with because you can just trust her when she's got ball in hand. It's probably got the best kick in our team. So yeah, she's she's another one to watch. Ooh, that was uh, just some fantastic insights there from Mina Morrison. I really love that these players just really go out and out talking through every player they, that they know so much about. And it's, uh, it's fantastic hearing it from them rather than, you know, us sort of diving in and giving our little opinions on what we think is going to go on. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good to get the, the inside word from within the club. As you say, it's so much better for us than just speculating on what's going on. But I guess that's what we're here to do as well. From a, from a fantasy perspective, what, what I suppose was your biggest takeaway from that interview? My biggest takeaway from that is there's going to be a lot of movement in that Geelong midfield. They've got a lot of young talent there, a lot of players who can score really, really well. But this stage, we're not quite sure where the value is going to come from. Nina obviously mentioned a few players might be switching around roles, playing off half forward. So I think that they're definitely going to be a team to watch for, for a value pick coming out of somewhere. But at this stage, not quite sure who that's going to be. Yeah, all that comments of, you know, different players running off half forward at the same time definitely makes you a little bit uh, squeamish about starting some of them in your, in your side. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the, the struggles the Cats have had in the past with, with kicking those goals and getting it past the forward half. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be one to watch. Hmm. 
So I suppose to jump into a bit more of our regular analysis, starting with defense, the Cats have had a very, very strong core back there and they've been doing very, very well. I don't see a lot of changes happening down there. Is there anyone there that you think from fantasy side of things might be a bit relevant? We saw Nina mention Chantal Emerson, who was a player that I brought in for a little bit last year. She plays sort of wing half back and had a decent run in the middle of the season, scoring a 60 and 250s, but finished the year with with a few poorer scores, which sort of probably really reflects Geelong's defense as a whole, really, where they're, they're very stingy. They, they like to really constrict the opposition, but it doesn't really suit fantasy scoring. Captain Meg McDonald in the past has scored some decent scores, but I think reducing the reliance on her to be that intercept defender and instead using her more as a lockdown defender has probably meant that there's not going to be a huge amount of value out of the Geelong backline from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, yeah. I think the emergence of Maddie McMahon last season was, you know, terrific, but it definitely has meant that, you know, that that load that is being taken on by the different players there is shared a little bit more. And I can't really see too many players that we might want to start into our sides this coming season. When it comes to the midfield, there's definitely a lot more to consider there. Amy McDonald is one that I'm considering, I suppose. One that you'd expect to stay in the middle most of the season. She was the only one that I noted Nina didn't mention running off half forward, which you know kind of really cements her in that role to my mind. Yeah, absolutely. And she was one that I picked up last year as another unique option. Has the ability to score really big, does a lot of tackling. Unfortunately, is quite a handball-happy midfielder, but still managed that close to 80 average, which makes her a very viable option in that midfield. I suppose in terms of the value, we know that she's going to play in that midfield, but can she push that 80 up towards a 90? It's going to be hard to say, especially with what we seem to think is a lot of players running through there. But at the same time, would definitely be a very unique option for coaches out there. I think you were saying a little bit earlier that she's actually got the highest handball to kick ratio on the AFLW. Uh, she, she actually averages more handballs than any player in the competition's history. She's the only player that averages more than 10 handballs per game, which speaks to that, what we said before, which is she's very handball happy. If she just starts getting one or two more kicks, that pushes an 80 up to an 86 or close to that 90 mark. And there really could be a bit of value there. But to me, she's probably one that you might be more looking up as an upgrade target later in the season. Plenty of midfielders there who can score pretty well, but the value is just not there because they're probably going to be either fully priced or you're taking a bit of a risk. So one of the players that I'm I'm quite interested in that uh, Ned did mention was Michaela Bowen, who's come over from the Eagles been a very consistent player for the Eagles playing on that wing, averaging over 60 in the last two seasons, still very young as well. She interests me because she's got a role that she'll fill with the the loss of Sophie van der Quavel to Essendon. So if she can put in a bit more improvement, that's a player who can push that 60 average up to maybe, you know, 70 or 80. But at the same time, someone who's priced at 60 is such an awkward place to put in your starting team. Yeah, it really is. I think potentially a, a one or two game watch there and then bring her in if she's she's doing well. But what, what Geelong really need is that player that can sort of transition them into that forward 50 a little bit better. And, and wings are such an easy part of bringing that attacking aggressive style of footy. If she can bring that in, take a few marks along the way, then that's, that's going to be a huge boost. Yeah, absolutely. And she's got some star quality there. So it's definitely one I, I would consider starting with if you're looking for a bit of a, a bargain, but still a bit risky. I think the the person that interested me the most though was Laura Gardner. Oh, Laura Gardner, such an interesting player. 
clearly got a buck a lot of talent. Finished the year strongly in the AFLW with three scores of around that 60 mark, but GOVFLW form that we talked about with Nina, irresistible in terms of fantasy. Yeah, yeah. So from round six to 11 last season in the VFLW, she averaged 37 disposals and 122 fantasy points. If she can even get halfway to that, that would be incredible because her price is going to be so, so low. The main concern to me is job security yeah. because if she, you compare to some of the rookies that we're going to have from Essendon or you know the other expansion clubs who have really got that safety that they're going to be playing all season. She hasn't been able to crack into the side despite that amazing record. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Like she's got the fancy pedigree there. The ability to, to rack up those disposals is quite a unique thing in the AFLW. And I mean, she broke the, the record in the VFLW with 49 touches. That's just absolute gold from a fantasy perspective. But the opportunity is, is what's going to really be the key here. Because mm. we've, we've said it 100 times so far, but they've got so many good young midfielders. Where's the opportunity? If she's just coming off the bench in every game, probably getting, you know, that 60 to 70% game time, she might have the chance to put together those big numbers. Scores are around 60, are fantastic for a, a rookie player, but yeah, it's, it's going to be such an interesting one to watch. Mm, absolutely. Moving into the forward line then, there's definitely going to be a little bit of a change in how Geelong is structuring up forward. Nina Morrison was mentioning Shelley Scott as one of them. Last season had a pretty down year i suppose from a fantasy perspective only averaging the 27 but before that she'd averaged uh, over 60 a couple times yeah it's it's an interesting one with shelly scott i mean I, I i've copped a lot of flack so far for mentioning veterans at, and at 34 she's definitely a, a veteran of the competition but if she can return to that sort of marking form she always has been a, a hard-working marking true sort of a true center half forward type at an at price at around about an average of 27, th- there could be value there just to use her as a stepping stone. If she can even average mid forties to 50 at that sort of price, because she's almost guaranteed to play being, you know, one of the few tall forward options they have, it might actually not be a, a, a dumb option to pick her as that, you know, guaranteed bit of price rise and then use her as a stepping stone stone to get up to um, one of your better forward options. What kind of player would you say she is? Because I'm thinking with Geelong's game style, they've obviously struggled trying to get that ball up forward and kicking goals. You know, is, is she one that's just going to be crashing packs or is she one that we're probably looking at the, you know, getting the spread and taking those marks on the lead? I think she'd probably be the, the one that's doing the spread. She's, she's played pretty much all over the ground in her time at Melbourne. She's played down back, played a bit on the wing as well. So to me, she's likely going to be that link player, which is quite an attractive fantasy role. The question I guess there is how does that forward transition go for the Cats? It's it's probably been their biggest weakness across the competition. And if you do see it early on that they are moving it through Shelley Scott, you've probably got a, a bargain pick there. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a it's a really interesting. It's one that I'm I'm probably just gonna put down as a watch. And then when I'm putting my side together, you know, if, if I need someone around that price, it's definitely one that that interests me a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the other player they brought in, Jackie Parry, is pretty similar. She's um, scored pretty well at VFLW level. Obviously, doesn't always translate, but she's going to clearly get a lot of the opportunities given the lack of the forward options that they have. So I think those two are definitely ones to watch. Now, we talked about Chloe Shear a little bit earlier. Uh, not only is she a chance to be running through the midfield, 
which is way better for our forwards. But she's been named at full forward and kicked a few goals. We know that she is a very, very classy player and one that she's going to get a lot of attention. But if, if she's freed up a little bit, then she could really push into that, that upper echelon of forwards. Yeah, she's one of the most naturally talented players going around. She's strong at the contest, one of the best kicks going around, can kick it a good 50 metres. I, I struggle to see her playing a lot of midfield time, given the strength of that Geelong midfield. But if, if nothing else, I think her running through the midfield in the VFL has basically said that she's working to improve her tank. And if she's building that fitness and getting to more contests, that's an ability to get more of the ball. We know she's a match winner. We know she can kick goals. But if she can start really racking up a few more of those disposals, marks on the lead, getting to a few of those half-forward contests, then I think she can really push that scoring up. Started quite slowly at the start of last year, but really built into the season and finished pretty strongly with a season high of 71. I suppose it is a bit of a trap when you've got that many players that could run through the midfield and yeah, it's never, it's never the ones you want, is it? So. Yeah, absolutely. And she's definitely a player to watch from both a, a non-fantasy and a fantasy perspective because she's the sort of player that could start the year with a couple of scores in the 20s and then all of a sudden finish the year with a run of 80s. That's just how talented she is. When we were playing last season, she was the first player that you told me about as the one to watch in the AFLW because she just got such a great kick and really pick apart targets in the forward line. They just need the ball in their hands more often, quite frankly. Absolutely, because I was pretty strong on thinking about bringing her in at the start of last year. And, gee, she started slowly last year. She really struggled early on. New system, not surprising. But later on the year, she was a player that I was like, at, at the price that she got down to, there's value there as a player that you can sort of bring in to potentially make a bit of a difference. I think it's one, one to keep an eye on for sure. Well, look, I think that's going to be our overview of the Geelong Cats, unless you wanted to jump into the ruck line quickly. Yeah, I think I think the rucks for Geelong, like most of the teams, are probably not hugely interesting. Uh, Kate Darby will probably take a lot of the ruck hitouts uh, alongside Olivia Fuller. Fuller was a really good rookie for us uh, last season, gained a bit of money, but at a, at a, a full price this season, I don't think there's a whole lot of interest in, in the Geelong rucks. A shared ruck load is always a challenge, so yeah, it's not, sure. not one we're potentially going to be wanting him to start our teams with. Yeah, and we, we've talked a bit about young rucks who we might consider in future seasons, and I think Olivia Full is definitely one of those. She's a very consistent performer fantasy-wise at VFLW level leading into season six and still got time on her side. But for now, I think she's one to, to just keep an eye on, just see how she develops and in maybe two, three seasons, we could be talking about her as one of those Uber premiums. All right. Well, that, that might actually be our overview of the John Cats there. <laughs> a few little players there to keep our eyes on. Tomorrow, we're on to the Gold Coast Suns, and we'll be talking to Tara Bahana, uh, who had an incredible debut year last year up forward for the Suns in season six. Absolutely. And uh, she's one of those rookies that you just had to jump on early, and she's going to give us a few tips on maybe who might be the breakout stars for the Gold Coast in the upcoming season seven. Definitely. So look, keep an eye out for our episode tomorrow and the best 21 out on socials. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you want to follow us at FreeKickWPod. I'm on Twitter at Odds and Stephen. And I'm on Instagram at WillH underscore VI. All right. We'll catch you tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.